Welcome to Moving Out of Trauma, a podcast made to support trauma survivors with actionable steps and resources so they can start moving out of trauma and into the life that they're craving. I'm the host, Candice Lederger, EMDR therapist, yoga teacher, first-time mom, and dog enthusiast. I am here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I am so excited about today's episode. But before we dive into today's episode of Moving Out of Trauma, I want to give you a few reminders. The first is that if you want to start practicing more mindfulness and incorporate more grounding skills in your daily life, but you've had some trouble getting started because of past trauma, I want to offer you a free trauma-informed beginner's guide to mindfulness workbook. I created this workbook with trauma in mind. You can get this free workbook as well as monthly updates about new content by heading over to soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. You can sign up for our newsletter there and you will get this free workbook directly to your inbox that you can download as many times as you like and get updates when I update it as well. Again, that link is soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. And a second reminder I want to give is at the end of this recording and the end of every episode for that matter, we will be giving you two resources that we often use in EMDR therapy, which are the container exercise as well as the state change place. So these exercises are visualization exercises that can help you transition from maybe a state of thinking about past trauma, awareness, learning something new into a more calm, more centered way of being so you can go on throughout your day. I hope these resources help and I would love to know your thoughts. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This is a quick disclaimer that this podcast is meant to educate and inspire and is not a replacement for therapy. It does not constitute therapy services, advice, or guidance in the form of therapy or medical help to treat any condition. So please consult a therapist, your physician, or use the resources we provide in the episodes to find a provider near you. So today on Moving Out of Trauma, we have Katie Tiffany, who is a licensed professional counselor and EMDR therapist in Mesa, and she works with trauma and PTSD survivors using EMDR, mindfulness, and writing circles to help people heal. She is a fellow healer who identifies with a strong teacher, mentor part, and a therapist part. She works with people who are searching for understanding of themselves and want to create a new story for their present lives. She believes that all people have the capacity and the strength to heal themselves, and she is always honored to be a witness to that journey. So the topic we're going to dive into today is the power of healing and connecting with others through writing. And we're going to talk to Katie all about the writing circles that she helps to facilitate, which I'm so excited for. I do want to mention really quickly that for some reason there were a little bit of audio issues in this recording on my end, which I apologize for. Uh, It appears there's some feedback that I just couldn't edit out, Um, but I wanted to make sure that this conversation was 
just as vulnerable as it actually was. And I, I didn't want to edit out everything. So uh, I definitely apologize for the feedback. And I want you to know that it's not on your end. Um, and it should subside around minute eight or nine. Um, so I hope you enjoy this episode and this conversation with Katie. Here we go. I feel like we have a good deeper conversation with you today and, and talk about all of these different healing pieces because I think um, the work you're doing, obviously, as a therapist is really powerful. Um, and then the work you're doing within that writing circle, I think, is really powerful, too, because it's a really unique um, way for people to find healing. And, and that's that's what we're all about on this show. Yes. And I want to thank you for bringing this to light and bringing these things up that are other modalities of healing. That is not just the therapy one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. traditional talk therapy. Um, mm -hmm. Something that I found after learning EMDR was I thought it was going to work on everyone. I was so excited, mm -hmm. you know, and what I found getting deeper and deeper into the practice is that these other things that are popping up are, so useful and powerful for trauma Absolutely. healers. Absolutely. Yeah, I can yeah. agree more. Absolutely. So, all right, well, we will get into the show. Um, so the first part of the show is um, getting to know you as a provider. Um, and um, part of what inspired this was this quote that I heard, um, which is knowing a person is like music. So what attracts us to them is their melody. And as we get to know them, we learn their lyrics. And I looked forever. So if anyone ever listening uh, finds the quote and finds the person that said it, I would love to attribute that person. Um, but I couldn't find it. It just was anonymous everywhere. Um, but I really like this, this idea of just kind of diving into knowing that person more. Um, so that's kind of where this all came from. Um, so my first question is, why are you so passionate about this work that we do? That's a really great question. And I've thought about that, um, what what guided me here. And I, I honestly believe after thinking about this question is that this work chose me. Mm. Um, I have a lineage, a maternal lineage of healers in my family, nurses, teachers. Mm. Uh, my mother was a social worker and she's no longer around. And so there's so many times where I feel like I'm working through her. And um, there's just been so many, um, so many, I don't know how to explain it, um, so much healing in this journey that I've been on with people. Mm. And um, what shows up for me in my work is this, I like to call it just kind of this direct rawness about me. I. I, I'm not a very like nurturing, I don't know how to say that. I'm not, I'm not very nurturing. I'm just very raw and real. And I think some people are drawn to that part of me. They just, they want someone to cuss and they want someone to swear and they want somebody to get angry with them. And, yeah. you know, I cry with them. I, I'm angry with them. You know, I, I am real. You know, I realized very early on in this profession that I couldn't, be a robot and that therapist that doesn't take mm -hmm. other stuff in. And um, so I, I am on the journey with them. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I think that's why I'm so passionate about it. Something that you mentioned about the music and the lyrics, um, I would flip that around. Like I'm constantly Mm -hmm. trying to flow with my my clients, my Mm -hmm. people, music and melody to see which way they're going to lead me. Mm -hmm. You know, and so as a provider, I tried to stay in the box of doing the 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 modality and the structure Mm -hmm. of certain things. Sure, and something I've learned through the process is to flow at, at their cadence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Cause I think that, um, as we flow with their cadence, that was so beautifully put with their cadence, um, we're able to really see like their story, um, kind of progress and, and, and if we didn't go at their pace, you know, it, it hurts the healing process. Um, how does your personality show up in the room with your clients? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I am who I am. You know, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that you kind of meet me and you know exactly who I am. I, mm-hmm. I don't really have like a really good poker face. Um, you know, when my clients tell me something painful, you can see the pain in my face, you know? Um, and so my personality is just very, um, I, I think it's, it's just kind of like open and free yeah. and I try not to censor myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and I think, I think I, as I'm talking about that out loud, I think I want to be a model mm-hmm. to them that they also have the, the power yeah, yeah. to not censor themselves, right? That they're free and open to show whoever the hell they want to be. Um, what is the top thing you wish everyone knew, um, I guess, about the world of, of trauma healing of, yeah, I don't know, if you want to approach it from EMDR therapy, if you want to approach it from, from writing, however you want to approach that. Right. I mean, there's so much, right? And there's so many trauma experts that can speak to this and there's there's stuff all over the place right for tips with trauma but i think if we are staying on the on the topic of writing and how writing really heals Mm -hmm. trauma it's it's a completely different modality that's you know a little bit left out i would say i mean there's always uh, journaling you know written into these plans of you know of taking care of yourself with trauma but um I think for me, this particular piece, this particular writing circle in, in terms of trauma is all about reclaiming your voice, mm-hmm. writing your own story, not letting other people tell your story for you. Yeah. That is the most powerful piece to me mm-hmm. about healing trauma is allowing mm-hmm. yourself to tell your own story. Mm-hmm. And that's what these this is what these people do when they come to the writing circle. And this is where the healing begins and to share it Mm. to not be ashamed of the story. And that's the power of the circle is sharing that coming out of the box that you're talking about coming out of isolation Mm -hmm. and the shame of the experience and sharing it with other people through writing. Mm, yeah, oh, I I love that so much. Just because, yeah, you're absolutely right. It it journaling kind of becomes one of those things like you put in the treatment plan sometimes, and like you know maybe someone does it, maybe someone doesn't. 
but the power of writing something and be able to navigate your own story, to share your own story, to like sit with it, and then to like have other humans witness it um, is so, so powerful to like step out of that shame because so many people experience it. And so to be able to, to really be seen and to feel like, oh, okay, I was seen and I, you know, it was okay. Like, exactly. Awesome. And that's the piece that. Um, that we talk about in the circle is that when these women or men tell their story, mm -hmm. there's typically a couple responses, right? It's, well, what did you do? Like, how mm -hmm. come you were in that situation? Or mm -hmm. you must have been too much. Or, there's kind mm -hmm. of this blame, right, put on them. The other side of that is that survivors typically will stifle their story because they want to protect people yeah. from their pain right mm -hmm. and so for so long these women and men have been carrying their stories to protect other people yeah. and this opportunity for them just to shed that shit, let that shit go yeah. and be completely honest and free about it not have to censor themselves anymore you know mm -hmm. we've been censored for so long and mm -hmm. um so when the reason I started it is because this I one on one sessions with a, different sexual assault mm -hmm. survivors, I was hearing the same story, yeah. the same story and the story of isolation and feeling so alone. And yeah. I'm like, hey, look, we're not alone. Like, let's come together. You know, yeah. why not come together and feel together in community? Mm -hmm. um, we're supposed to be in community, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to feel together, not in like you said, one-on-one -on -one boxes. Yeah. You know, and so that is really the feedback that I get over and over from these people who participate in the circle is, man, when I heard her say that, mm. it just made me feel free to tell my story. Yeah. You know, that happened to me too. And that's fucking bullshit. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it, you know, they, they get to, they get to express it and, and, make yeah. it their own yeah and not feel alone for sure um, um you know it's their opportunity to really step into that and to share their story versus like what they're told um everyday life right they're told so much like oh no shove it down protect the person um you know just just deal with it right your own um and in in that writing circle get, they get the opportunity um to to be witnessed and to be seen and to also like see others and um to just yeah take the take the shame away from the trauma because yeah it's not it's never trauma isn't something anyone ever chooses and yeah just stepping out of that um that shame that's really great yeah yeah mm. okay um so why don't we go ahead and dive into our topic for today, um, which we've already, already been talking about. I was going to say, we haven't done that already. <laughs> Officially, I guess. Um, I think I'll just start with how it started. Yeah. And I really said everything that needs to be said about the circle, but I, I'll share a little bit about how it started yeah. and some of the, you know, the participants and their experience, because this really isn't about me. It's about them and their healing and I don't want to speak for them. So, um, but it started because of that alone piece, right? The isolation that I was seeing and um, I wanted to start a group and 
I, I struggled with a little bit about what I wanted it to look like. You know, we're still in pandemic times. We're still in this opportunity of going online. And I really wanted it to be big. You know, I wanted to offer it to multiple people, you know, all over the United States, you know, whoever needed it. So I, I found um, a book by Jen Cross. I'm giving her all the credit, Jen Cross. And she wrote a book called Writing Ourselves Whole. And this book is all about how she started uh, healing her own sexual trauma through writing. And she started doing writing circles in churches, in libraries, and she just started bringing people together. And she talks a lot about censorship. And one of the ground rules that she shares in the beginning is to not censor yourself in sharing pieces of the writing and not taking responsibility for other people's triggers. Mm -hmm. And I had to sit with that as a therapist for a little bit, right? Um, how do I keep people safe in the circle um, and also allow people to, to share uncensored? So we do talk a lot about that. And when, you know, um, so, so, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the, the circle, right? I mean, we talk about, the censoring, we talk about the triggering, and the women know that there is a possibility that they will get triggered and that they can get through that. Mm -hmm. You know, they, these women are amazing that I've worked with. They can get through a trigger, right? They know how to get through a trigger. They can do that. They can do that with their own therapist. They can do that together. I'm available to help them through that. Um, and it hasn't happened yet. Wow. You know, it hasn't happened. They have been so receptive of each other and supportive mm -hmm. and it's, it's beautiful. So how we start, we always start with some type of a grounding mm. to settle in. We'll do some breathing, some body work, some movement, um, just to get the day mm. gone, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. to get in the mode of, of writing. Right. And we'll even like do hand movements, move our hands and things like that. Um, I use a prompt from Jen Cross's book, um, put the prompt up there. They are free to choose whatever they want to write about. Um, they also get like four pages of prompts that I send out as well. So they're free to, to write a different prompt if they want. And we usually write for about 25 minutes in silence. Uh, most of them keep their cameras on and we just write quietly for about 20, 25 minutes and then we open it up to share. Um, there are people who uh, keep their camera off. They're not ready yet to show yeah. their, their face. Um, there are women who do not share yet. Um, I will say that there were, um, there were people who decided to do a second circle with me. And from the first night, they were off and running. I mean, women that didn't share in the first circle, the second circle, they were ready to go, girl. They were on that camera. They were the first ones to share and they were ready to, they were ready when it was time for them, right? To share yeah. their story. Um, so we share and then, um, then, we, then we do grounding, right? When we end again, we calm the nervous system, we calm the body, we, you know, say thank you to each other. There's always feedback. They give each other feedback. It's just a beautiful community. And that's the circle. That's how it works. Yeah. Oh, you know? that's so, so great. Like such a cool 
um, place for people to to be able to a know that they can get through a trigger, right? Like you know, I think so often, um, you know, we well. I have a lot of thoughts on triggers, but, um, but so often we, we kind of um, come to this place of like, oh no, we have to like, like kind of tiptoe, right? Um, but the person is already experiencing the triggers. The triggers are already happening in daily life, right? And so like them being able to move through that, A, with like the safety and support of a community, um, with you there as like, you know, a person that's guiding the circle and with their own therapist, like there's support networks within that that they and their own strength, right? Like their own ability to be able to like cope through something really difficult because they already freaking have, like they have been for so long. Um, so I really like that that gives them like this opportunity to like be vulnerable with themselves and to like work through some hard stuff. Um, but to also know that they're not alone, like that they have so much around them. Um, and I also heard you like sharing with the, um the pieces of like some people's cameras are off some people's cameras are on like it really just being a place where like wherever you are is okay like you can come however wherever like just being able to be right where you are and that's perfectly acceptable um which so much doesn't happen in our world right like we we are expected to again that damn box is just going to keep up coming up but like you know just squeeze ourselves into this space and be into this you know whatever um place where we have to you know do xyz a certain way and show up a certain way and really in this group they get to be exactly how they are exactly who they are right where they're at in the moment of healing that they're at and it's it's perfectly acceptable for them to do that with the support of others yeah, and I love I love that you bring that up, and it reminds me that um, in the very beginning, I ask if there's anyone who's willing to be a mentor, who's mm. willing to share a phone number, share an email, mm. you know. Um, and so, a lot of times after circle, they will reach out to each other. You know, they mm. will say, "Hey, great circle. Hey, thanks for sharing." And they will they will use each other as mentors to deal with some of those triggers, right? And to say, "Hey, tonight was really tough. What did you think?" Or, "Hey, tonight was freaking awesome, right?" I, yeah. you know, learned all these things about you. How cool! Tell me more. Mm. Um, so, really encouraging them to create that mentorship with each other. Yeah. you know, with, with their own community. And so that's a really important piece too of the circle. Yeah, absolutely. Having that community around them and yeah, community of survivors of people that are, you know, taking really shitty experiences and, and moving through them and, and finding their own way. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could share a little bit, I know you said a few minutes ago that part of the writing circle is that um, after you know each person shares, I think that they also share feedback with one another. So maybe if you can share a little bit more about um, that piece and how that works and, and what that looks like for, for your people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really great question because I do have some members who have been part of CODA or Al-Anon and there is no crosstalk, there is no response, right? So they, they're they're kind of curious about how do we share the feedback and there is a protocol and i encourage that after each person shares that someone anyone doesn't matter who please make some type of a positive feedback comment right yeah. 
Um, nobody wants to tell their story and then there's silence behind yeah. it, right? Mm -hmm. And the women, the I say women because those are the only um, participants that I've had so far, but it is open to all genders, all humans. Um, but the feedback is not advice. Mm -hmm. It's not, have you tried this? Mm -hmm. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's always something like, wow, I really relate to your pain or thank you so much for sharing. Oh my God, that was so raw. Wow, you know, you really spoke to me. Oh my gosh, I can relate. Um, so the, the feedback is always this, um, you know, this relatable piece mm -hmm. more than anything or just this gratitude, right? Yeah. And this like, thank you. No, thank you for telling my, thank you for saying what I've wanted to say for 13 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I have women in the circle that haven't told their story or talked about any of it for over 13 years, mm -hmm. you know, 13, 14 years. And here they are, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's, it's really powerful. And the women see that, you know, and they, they praise that and they're grateful for that. And they share mm -hmm. that with them. And that's really where the power lies. You know, and that, and that feedback from other people. Mm, yeah, yeah, that that being seen again, but also, um, I hear you kind of saying like, um, I I'm having a really hard time finding the words I'm meaning today, but like, it's almost like taking it from a first person account. So it's not um, them saying like, oh hey, like you know, why don't you try X Y Z or do this? Like, it's not something that's distance, right? It's something that's very like personal. It's something that they're sharing like, hey, wow, this is how that sat with me or this is what I saw, um, you know, and thank you for for sharing that because I, I've been going through something and, and again, like that feeling of not being alone. Um, so it's, it's very, um, it's very personal. It is, it's that too. And it's the validation that their story is real. Yeah. It's that validation piece because so many times you'll hear sexual assault survivors say, did, I don't, did that really, am I making that up? Maybe yeah. that really didn't happen. Maybe it's not that bad because right? that's a lie yeah. that society tells us, right? Like, yeah. oh, it wasn't that bad, you know, whatever the fuck the story is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when these women get feedback to say, wow, that, that is really shitty what happened to you or mm -hmm. I hear there's a validation mm -hmm. there that they may not have ever received before. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and there's something so powerful about validation that yes, this did happen. Right? Yes, this did happen. And now I'm empowering myself to write mm -hmm. my own story and to tell my own story now. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. Hmm. Um, well, so I know um, I'm going to share um, a, uh, not I guess it's not a client, but um, one of the person's experiences that they shared with you um, and just let their words kind of speak for themselves. Um, if you would like to share that, I would love to, you know, hear that and, and how that how that feels for them. Yes. And I thank you for allowing the space to do that because it, this is not about me. Again, I want to express that fully and make sure that this is known, that this is not about me. This is about them and their experience. I really wanted to give voice um, 
And yes, if you'll give me permission to read um, something that one of the um, participants wrote here. Yeah. She says, one of the things that makes Writing Circle so unique in this experience is the freedom. In many groups, the sharing gets stifled. There are rules and boundaries in regards to sharing and not oversharing so that others don't get triggered by our truths and experiences. Writing Circle gave me a unique opportunity to express myself with an honesty and rawness that I have not found in other avenues. I am indebted to the women who have chosen to show up every week. They are truly beautiful, fiery badasses. Oh, I love that. Mm. I love the piece about um, not like, I mean, it's a theme, but um, like not censoring the truth, like just sharing their truth. Um, and yeah, owning the fact that they are all fiery and badasses, right? Like just the, the people that I'm sure show up to that group is um, yeah, just a room full of badass people. And, and I think too, just to add to that, some, um, in preparing for this a little bit, it's courageous, right? It's brave. Yeah. It's, it's so brave and courageous to show up like that and to be so vulnerable. And that's why I keep saying, like, it's not about me. You know, it's about these people who show up with bravery, yeah. you know, honesty, and they're ready, man. They are ready. The world hasn't been ready for them, but they mm -hmm. are ready. Yeah. You know, and, and they see that in each other. And mm -hmm. that's, that's why it's so powerful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I got chills. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break then? Um, before we come back to the rest of our show so I can share a few resources um, and all of Katie's um, social stuff and um, links to everything, um, links to the writing circle. Is that right? Well, I can provide that maybe in the show notes or how does that work? Absolutely. Yes. I'll provide you with the information. Awesome. Wonderful. So if you're interested um, in any of the writing circle um, circles that Katie uh, provides, um, that you can look into those because it's all over the United States. So you don't have to live anywhere specific, um, kind of like within those confines of therapy, um, that you can you can take part of this really wonderful experience. So, all right, we'll take a quick break. All right, so I hope you are enjoying this episode so far, and I just want to take a quick pause to share with you a few resources. So if you are looking for more ways to feel grounded uh, and more ways to practice mindfulness in your daily life with real actionable steps, I've developed a workbook that will walk you through developing the skill. It comes from a trauma-informed lens. So if you tried mindfulness before and you maybe felt like it's been more triggering than useful, um, that could be because you were actively dealing with a trauma response. So this workbook is designed for trauma survivors. And more than that, it gives you those actionable steps and is really just packed with information. Whether your schedule is a stay-at-home caregiver or someone that works a nine-to-five or something else entirely, uh, this workbook has something in it. Um, so head over to soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcasts 
you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll get reminders once a month about new content and an email with your free workbook that you can download as many times as you want and have access to that link as I update it with new information. So again, that link is soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. And you can also find that link in the show notes. If you are enjoying this episode so far, which I really hope that you are because I'm enjoying this conversation, um, and you think it might be useful for someone else to hear, please consider leaving us a review either on your favorite podcast platform that you listen to or on podchaser.com. And lastly, if you'd like to work with me and you either live in Arizona or Florida, I now have openings for EMDR intensive sessions. So EMDR intensive sessions are longer than your standard 50-minute therapy session and can really help people reach a place of grounding and healing from past trauma quicker than the standard talk therapy session once per week. So if you want to find more about this, I invite you to set up a free 15-minute consultation. We can chat about if this is the type of work that's right for you. Um, And if it's not, I really would love to refer you to someone else that maybe is the right fit for you. So to do that, you can go to soulmission-emdrtherapy slash contact, um, which will also be in the show notes. All right, let's go back to this episode. So this next part of the show um, is providers aren't robots, and you already hit on this this point here. Um, but I find oftentimes, um, I think with a lot of providers, uh, that you know when people come in, right, um, they're seeing us in in an office or in a very specific little window, um, and we are often seeing them at a very hard point in their lives. Um, and so there's often this perception, at least maybe until the client gets to know you um, or, you know, the person gets to know the provider that um, we're, we're kind of in this little Insta bubble and we just, you know, are, are not, not real people sometimes. <laughs> and so this part of the show is just kind of about normalizing um, that we're not robots and that we're humans too. Um, and... Yeah, kind of show that humanness. So um, I didn't know if you had maybe an example that you wanted to share um, as like part of your humanness and, and how you feel in the so I think I think it took a, a little while for me to, to find that it was okay to be a human in this profession, you know, and um, I think I think that's part of of what's happening right now in the evolution of therapy mm-hmm. in general. I mean, I, I can, I can speak to myself, but I think in general, people like you, right, are doing this podcast to get out of that mm-hmm. bubble in the confines, right? Mm-hmm. And we are wanting to express ourselves in, in different ways that yeah. we know, you know, would work. But I think, I think just to backtrack a little bit and to try to answer yeah. your question, for me, the humanness comes from not knowing everything. Mm. <laughs> you know, this trauma is so complex. I mean, being mm. a human is complex, right? Yeah. So you're putting two humans in a room together to try to problem solve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and each, each individual person that comes my way, mm. I don't know everything. Yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not all powerful. And and when I realize that is when 
is when things shifted. And to be mm -hmm. able to be honest with someone mm -hmm. to say, I better look about that. I don't, I'm not sure, yeah. you know, yeah. let, let me consult. Let me, let me ask a friend, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, that, that really is the humanness about what we do is knowing that we don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to continued learning to take place as the world changes and new generations come up, you yeah. know, anxiety and depression has skyrocketed since the mm -hmm. pandemic. How has our own therapy practice changed yeah. since the pandemic? You know, if you didn't change something, go back and look at, you know, what's yeah. happening. There's just, there's just so much there. And just to know that there's constant learning to take place, I mm -hmm. think is been the the biggest part of me being a human and, and growth through yeah. the work that i've been doing yeah absolutely i mean like i'll share that at least from um my uh experience as you know going through schooling and you know doing all this stuff to become a therapist right um and maybe this is where my passion for boxes come from honestly um you know it was this idea of like this is how you sit this is how you talk this is how you be a therapist you know, let me put my therapist hat on and, and fit myself into this neat little box. Um, but that's not an honest reflection of what it means to be a human. And if we're being honest, who wants to sit in a room with a person that is put themselves into this tiny little box? Like how, as a, a trauma survivor, like sharing, right? How, how would you feel as like, gosh, like, how am I even supposed to share the, these deep, dark pieces of myself with this person that's sitting across from me that seems perfect, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and just allowing ourselves to be the human that we are, you know, obviously in appropriate ways, like, we don't want to, you know, all the, the pieces about therapy of, like, oversharing or sharing, you know, whatever, but of just showing up as a human and saying, like, hey, I don't know everything, like, you right. know, I'm going to have to phone a friend or look that up or figure out some resources because I don't, I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think you're going somewhere. Yeah. Let's not even get started on the self-disclosure piece. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Another, a whole nother episode. <laughs> All right. So let's move into the next piece. Um, you know, this trauma tip of the week. Um, and I share this here because I really want, you know, these actionable pieces for people um, that are, are possibly listening. You know, obviously you can go and, and look up the writing circle and, and you know, giving you access to other providers. Um, but I also want to give a very real way of, um, you know, regulating or managing trauma um, in some kind of way. And so, um what is the one tip or the one thing that you just wish everyone on planet freaking knew or understood or could take away um, to, to manage trauma or regulate trauma or however you want to say? Right. Write it down. Right. Oh, you're saying like, right. Yep. Yes. Yep. Write it down. Mm. Write it down. Write it down. You know, whether it's your goals for the day, whether it's something you want to manifest, whether it's how angry you are at your partner mm -hmm. or how grateful you are for mm -hmm. waking up another day, whatever it is, write it down. Mm -hmm. 
write it down. There's there's so much power in writing something down, seeing seeing your words on paper visually. Yeah. There's power in that. There's a creative part of your brain that works in a different way when you write something down. So, and with that being said, Candace, if I have a, something else to share on that. Yeah, 100%. So a lot of people have trauma around writing. Mm. Um, whether somebody found their journal when they were little and, and read it out loud or used their words against them. And so I want to honor that. And I want to honor those people that are saying, mm. I'm not writing anything down ever again, because what if my mm. husband finds it? Or what if somebody reads it? And I want to honor that. And I want to give them a tip on that. Yeah. Something that I love to do every year is burn mm. most of the things that I have written throughout the year. There's something mm. about that ritual for me that is cleansing and healing. Mm. And I want people to know that they can write something and they can rip it up. They can mm -hmm. burn it. They can hide it in a secret, safe place. Um, and it's also a really good... Um, lesson in what if the people that I'm with now are trustworthy? Mm. What if I knew that the people that I'm with now would never read my stuff? Mm. Yeah. You know, and what a great lesson about trust and intimacy. Yeah. To, to challenge themselves in that area. Right. Mm. So, Mm. I wanted to share the second piece of that to, to honor that there is trauma around writing and that not everybody is going to jump to journaling, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really um, appreciate you sharing that because I, I feel like what you just shared has so many layers to it. Like, um, so writing in and of itself, like we've already talked about the power of writing and being able to write something down, anything down, right? Like makes it real because it takes it from, you know, what's circulating up here in our brain to something in front of us that we can see. Um, so it, it gives that space for it to make it, you know, it was already real, but to give it that vividness, right? Um, but then to also be able to, um, to have a practice that, that feels safe, that feels um, honoring um, to to be able to like cleanse out like the stuff that okay this is this is gone this is out of you know my head my system whatever um, and to be able to again like move through that and to progress through that and to also find like safety and trust in you know like hey this should be stuff isn't happening anymore here's the person I'm with now, or, you know, just finding that new level um, that maybe they weren't afforded before. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So powerful. Mm. Okay. Just to kind of hone in on our humanness um, and a good kind of fun way to wrap up the show. So are you ready? I, I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> okay. All right. Where would you go if you could visit any place on earth? I'm going to Scotland in September. Ooh, okay. Yes, yes I'm doing a retreat and I'm very excited about it. Oh, that's so cool. Oh my God. Yes. This is kind of a random question. What's the weather like in Scotland? Like cold and rainy. I'm from Portland, so I'll fit right in. Yeah, it'll be cold and rainy in, in September, and I just, I have to deal with it. I've come to acceptance, Candace. It's okay. It's all right. Well, and I was thinking in my head, like, when I was visualizing 
Scotland in my head, I was thinking of something that was like kind of cold and like, you know, cloudy, like those kind of, you know, like just want to make you cuddle up with a good book and tea kind of thing um, yeah. vibes. But I wasn't sure if that was quite accurate. So <laughs> I figured there, I there will be heat therapy there. So we got that Ooh. going. Hey, oh, we have to about that. Good question. We have this argument all the time with my boyfriend's son and my son. We quite enjoy it. They do not. We have talked about not shaming people for their food choices, and we'll just right. leave it at that. I like it. I like that. <laughs> shaming people for their food choices. I'm a I'm a pineapple pizza person, and I find that people generally have very strong opinions about this topic. And so, really, you? I didn't realize that yeah. until yeah. that shamed. Oh, no shame <laughs> for the pineapple. I'm exaggerating, but yeah. Um, what makes you feel inspired or motivated to do the work that you love? Oh, hand, hands down, the the people I work with. Yeah. Absolutely. Hands down. There's no other answer to that. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, what is one thing people are generally surprised to find out about you? Oh, I did not prepare for this question. <laughs> I, I, I think honestly, something that some people might be surprised to find about me is that in the last five years, I have really become more of an introvert. Hmm. I don't think people would know that about me from meeting me, you know, right sure. away. But as I've gotten more honest with myself and created mm -hmm. more boundaries for myself, I'm finding that there is this beautiful introvert inside of me mm -hmm. that hasn't ever shown herself. You know, and I, I love that piece of me and I love the extrovert and I love how they flow back and forth. Ah, oh, that's yeah. so cool. That's such a, a, a cool dance that you just described of, of just flowing in and out of finding, finding who you are. Yeah. It, it used, you know, we live in an introverts in an extrovert world, right? Where extroverted people are seen a certain mm -hmm. way. There's, there's some, some type of, idealization around extroverts right and the truth is is that there are more introverts than there are extroverts and and so just just learning to be in that skin mm -hmm. has been has been a journey has been an interesting yeah. journey sure, sure. Yeah. um all right last question right today Okay, yeah. Last question. Um, what does a simple moment look like for you? You know, I'm going to have to say my child, my 11 year old is hilarious. And he just, just this, the simple things like watching him download his own Spotify playlist now, um, singing when he's in the bathroom, getting ready for school. You know, it's, it's those little things like that, that remind me of what, what that joy is like as a child, yeah. you know, and just experiencing that again is, Mm. it's so easy it just brings me joy yeah mm. Mm. i love that that's yeah yeah i think um i i well sure i um i feel that way about my own kids like you know these just little moments of like just little things throughout the day like uh was it last night he my kids uh 
a little bit over one. And so he uh, like ran over to me and this was part where he was a little, a little slap happy. Like it was about bedtime. And he like ran up with his arms, like waving up in the air, like big smile on his face. Just like, just like as if he was riding a roller coaster. Like, um, but just those moments where it's just like, a little itty bitty, like, 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 Oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, makes you want to throw your hands up. Too. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Katie, thank you so much for um, sharing with me today and sharing um, with our listeners and um, all of Katie's information um, and links will all be in the show notes as well as I'll, I'll link to um, the book by Jen Cross. Um, and yeah, Candace, thank you so much for reaching out. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I look forward to hearing other providers talking mm-hmm. on your podcast and just continuing to support this community that's out here mm-hmm. doing things and continuing to bring a voice to to the people who are healing through these new modalities. So thank you for the work that you're doing as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Moving Out of Trauma. If you'd like today's episode and you think it might be useful for someone else, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform or on podchaser.com. And if you have any questions at all, I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at soulmission underscore EMDR therapy or on Facebook at soulmission EMDR therapy. If you'd like, please stay tuned for the visualization exercises coming up next to transition to the next part of your day. And remember, you did not choose trauma and you can choose your path towards healing. This is moving out of trauma. So I just want to invite you to find a comfortable position and to make sure that you're doing this exercise somewhere uh, safe, somewhere where you feel um, that you can take a few moments for yourself um, and definitely not while you're driving. So we're going to start with the container activity and then move into the calm seat place. So it's good to have a secure place where you can store memories and issues and and things that may need still some work um, but also maybe you don't need to focus on them right at this point so if you think about it almost like cleaning up the files on your desktop computer so you can just feel a little bit less overwhelmed and focus a little bit more efficiently the files are in a safe place and you can access them the next time that you need to So to start creating this container, I'd like you to imagine some kind of container or storage system that can securely hold as much as you need it to for as long as you need it to until you're ready to work on it again. So this container can be something you imagine. It could be something that's real. We just wanna make sure that this container has a lid or some type of secure closure. So that way there's a way to take things out only when you want to. Now it's important to note, we don't wanna put people in containers, but we can put memories and feelings and any kind of situations. 
So take a moment and really think about what that container might look like. Notice how the container feels. Notice how it feels that it's there for you. Should you choose to use it or when you choose to use it. And now if you need to use that container, I want you to picture allowing whatever needs to go in there to take its place in there. This can happen slowly. This can happen quickly. However it needs to happen, it's okay. Just allow the pieces, the memories, the thoughts, the feelings, the situation, whatever it is, to just slowly take its place into that container. Now, once you feel like the things that need to be in the container are in there, I want you to close that container. Some people like to imagine that there's a lock there or some kind of secured closure beyond just a a lid. So if you like, you can go ahead and lock that. And then just imagine it kind of taking its place back into wherever it needs to be. So this could be a place that you think of in your home. This could be an imaginary place, wherever it is. Just some place that we know that it's there when we need it. And now we're going to transition to that calm state change place. So this is a really good activity to develop a couple of ways to feel more calm and secure without really needing to rely on something or someone external than us. So one way we can do this to create this type of place that you can visit internally whenever you want, kind of like having an instant mini vacation on demand. So see if you can think of a place where you might feel a sense of calm or a sense of well-being. You can imagine a place that's similar to one that you've experienced or heard about or read about. It's best not to use a specific memory with people, though, from your own history. So some people like to think of the beach or the woods mountains, maybe someplace they feel cozy. So just notice this place. Notice what you hear. Notice what you smell. Look around. What do you see? What do you feel? Maybe either the temperature, the time of day, even down to how you feel in your body as you imagine yourself in this place. Really just allowing yourself to soak up every single positive part of this place. The way it looks, the things that you hear, the things that you smell, the 
things that you might be able to touch, any textures or temperatures, and really encapsulating what you feel in your body as you're in this place, as long as it feels good and calm and a place of centeredness. Now knowing that this place is always available to you because it is within you. It's a place of your very own making. A place that you can return anytime you need. Whether it's for the quick deep breaths, returning the center, or maybe even winding down for the evening. This place is always here for you. this recording is going to finish but if you'd like to stay in this place a while longer you're certainly more than welcome to do so and I hope that you'll join me next time on moving out of trauma